Hi, I'm Lauren. Hi, I'm Kelly, and welcome to The Millennial Minimalists. We are two Canadian millennials and minimalists on a mission to live more with less. And together, our goal is to inspire you to design a simpler, more intentional life. Hi, everyone. Today, I'm speaking about how to simplify your goals and achieve the career success you desire with our special guest, Eliana Goldstein. Eliana is a certified professional coach from Brooklyn, New York, who works with ambitious millennials looking to move to the next stage in their careers, as well as those who are seeking a career change. Whether you are unhappy in your job and looking to explore new opportunities, or you're ready to move to the next level in your career, this conversation is for you. Plus, if you're looking to build a business without leaving your full-time job and you don't know where to start, this discussion will also be helpful to you. Together with Eliana, we talk about practices that you can adopt to better understand yourself and the roles that may be the best fit for you, as well as strategies to help you move up in your career. Plus, we discuss how to properly ask for a raise with confidence. Be inspired to become the boss version of yourself and create what Eliana calls a career you're actually excited and confident about so that you can stop settling for good enough. Hi, Eliana. Hi, how are you? Good, good. How are you? I'm great. I'm super excited to be chatting with you. Yeah, likewise. Thank you so much for reaching out. I'm so excited to connect with you today. So you are a millennial success coach. You work with both ambitious millennials who are ready to move to the next level in their careers, as well as those who are looking to find new roles so that they no longer have to dread Mondays or feel like what we call the Sunday scaries. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Plus, you also work with individuals who are looking to start a side business without leaving their full-time jobs. Mm -hmm. So to start our conversation off today, a brief background on you. You were working in various corporate roles and climbing the corporate ladder, so to speak, mm -hmm. and successfully, I should add. <laughs> However, you were unhappy and you didn't love the work that you were doing. And yeah. in time, you realized that you were staying in these roles uh, longer than you wanted to out of fear of losing that sense of security that we get from a comfortable role. And my dad always says the golden handcuffs so that you never leave. So now considering where you are today, can you briefly share the experiences that led you to finally leave and build a role that you are passionate about? Yes, absolutely. And thank you again for having me. I'm so excited to be speaking with you. And I think it's so perfect because, and we'll talk more about it, when it comes to goals, people tend to overcomplicate things, which is why so many people don't hit their goals. So I love the notion, the idea of really just simplifying the process. And I'm sure we'll, we'll dive into that. So a little background on myself, you know, like you said, prior to becoming a coach, I worked, you know, in the corporate world for almost a decade. I got a job very quickly out of college, you know, was very fortunate, slowly climbing the corporate ladder. I moved from a marketing role into a sales role. I sort of grew in my sales career. I made a number of pivots as I was doing all of this. And while on paper, everything looked great and I was, you know, making a six-figure salary from a young age and I was doing all the things that I thought would make me feel so good and so successful, I felt really unhappy and really disconnected from what I was doing. And I think that there was a sense of guilt around that because I felt like I had it so good that I didn't feel that I deserved to feel unhappy. And I think that's ultimately what kept me stuck for a long time. This notion that, Elle, everything's going great. You know, you don't need, you shouldn't need to leave. You should appreciate what you have. And so I kept kind of going and I would, I made a number of, uh, of changes. You know, I switched companies. I moved from, like I said, marketing and account management into sales. And then I moved into business development, 
all with the hopes that this pivot or this change would, would fix everything that I'd right. suddenly feel better, mm-hmm. but that wasn't the case with every single change. I still felt, felt that, you know, gut feeling in my stomach of this isn't the right thing for me. And I pushed it down and I pushed it down until I really reached the point of just burnout. And I would look to myself and say, can I imagine doing this another five years, 10 years, and just feeling this much dread every Monday morning? And I realized that I really couldn't. And it was actually, you know, a friend who knew me really well kind of said, Eliana, I think it's time for you to, to, to really dive deep and really figure out what is the right thing for you. And I invested in this like very intensive personal development seminar. And that was sort of my first foray into the world of personal development mm-hmm. and professional development and how I ultimately discovered coaching. And I think with that first, you know, big seminar that I went to, it was a light bulb moment in the sense that I realized that I had a lot more control than I was giving myself credit for. And I didn't have to just deal with the cards I was dealt and that I could, you know, take power back in my career. And so through a lot of, and frankly, it was a lot of work at that point, a lot of exploration, a lot of introspection, talking to people and just like Mm -hmm. figuring out what I wanted. That was ultimately how I discovered coaching and coaching initially was a side hustle for me. I was still, you know, working in the corporate world. Um, and I did that for a while until eventually, you know, I went full-time in the business as it was starting to grow and I was starting to realize, you know, this is really it for me. And I've been doing it for over two years full-time and, and I never look back. And I think that with all that, with that journey and everything I've been through, I recognize, you know, how many other people are experiencing that. And I always say, you know, coaching was my thing. It's not starting a business is not going to be everybody's thing. There are going to be some people who want to stay in the corporate world who like that, but want to find a company they feel, feel more connected to or people who want to stay corporate, but do the side hustle, who want to start their business full time, whatever it might be. It's about identifying what works for you. What does like a fulfilling career look like for you? And then creating the steps and the action plans to get there. Such a great story and extremely relatable. I think people, they stay within their same circles and these circles tell them you should be grateful for the role that you have. And, you know, this is a safe role. You're doing well. You'll only grow from here. But sometimes people feel unsatisfied and they want more from their jobs. So what advice would you give someone who is ready to find a role that is a better fit, but they don't know where to start? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's that's like the, the million dollar question. I want to make a change, but I don't know what that change ultimately looks like or how to pursue it. So first and foremost, I always want to validate people and let them know that it's so normal to feel that way. And it's so normal to feel stuck. And like I was saying before, just because you feel stuck doesn't mean that there's not a better alternative or something else out there for you. And the truth is, though, when it comes to finding the right thing, as corny as it sounds, all the answers really do lie within us. It's just about figuring out what are the right things to focus on as opposed to the wrong things. And I say that because what a lot of people do when they're looking for, you know, career fulfillment and career satisfaction is they go to things like their passion. They say, oh, well, I'm super passionate about cooking and baking, so I should get a career in that. And then a lot of the times that doesn't pan out because the truth is if you, you know, land this amazing job in the food industry, but you have an awful boss and you're not doing any work that you like, and there's no room for creativity, there's no path to growth there, it doesn't matter if you're passionate about it, there are all these other missing puzzle pieces. So it's about focusing on the right puzzle pieces. So the puzzle pieces that I focus on with my clients are five things. It's your areas of engagement, where are you super engaged? You know, is it when you're leading meetings? Is it putting together like back end analytics and data? Is it, you know, 
pulling content together and writing. Like what are the areas of engagement for you throughout your entire career? Where are you super disengaged? What is it like literally pulling teeth that you can't stand doing that anymore? What are your values? You know, especially from a career perspective, is it creativity? Is it collaboration? Understanding what your true values are. Understanding where you get into states of flow. So where does the work kind of just fly by and you look at your computer and it's been two hours already. And then finally, with understanding all of this, we can start, start cultivating what I call our zone of genius, which is really kind of the work that we're good at that allows us to feel purposeful, to feel like we're making an impact and that we can really grow into. So if we can focus on those five things and translate as much of that into the right career path, we can find the right path and find that one, one that's fulfilling for us. No, that's fantastic. I was thinking about how journaling is a great opportunity to really uncover what's going on in your mind, you know? Uh, I mean, through all those experiences or through life, you realize what your strengths are, what your weaknesses are, and you also can reflect on, hey, like, what are my passion about? And sometimes the things that you're passionate about are meant to be hobbies, right? And so you figure that out through that process. I mean, for myself and also my co-host, Lauren, we have worked in various corporate roles and we've gone through the motions ourselves. And I would say that for us, listening to personal development podcasts has really, really helped us. I mean, I keep a bullet journal. I think, I don't know if you've heard our podcast episode on bullet journaling. It's one of the most popular because it helps me or it motivates me to make time each day to reflect. Mm -hmm. And through that reflection, it also helps with my career. And we talked about how the work you do also impacts other areas of our lives as well. So, you know, once you figure out your career, you can also apply this to your relationships in other areas of your life. So, so mm -hmm. I, I, you know, I'm trying to think, I'm thinking about, these are great questions, powerful questions that we can ask ourselves, but what about the individual who feels trapped in their role for financial reasons? Mm -hmm. How would you suggest they explore other opportunities or start yeah. making, making a change? Yeah. So, and I, and again, that's a very common thing to experience, especially when you're making a good salary and you feel like you said, you know, the golden handcuffs, like you said before, mm -hmm. what I think is important to recognize, and it's funny, I was just talking about this with a client yesterday, is that if you're dissatisfied in your current role, but you know, you're making good money, there's no, there's, we don't have like, there's this instant gratification. We're like, well, I have to make a change immediately. I got to jump out of it. You know, oh my God, I'm stuck. I can't be here anymore. We kind of go into panic mode. If you're at a place where you're unhappy, yes, it's, it's, it's tough to be there, but we, the goal is to be really conscientious about the next move, right? We don't want to jump into the next thing too quickly and then find ourselves in the exact same situation. So I would say, be grateful for the aspects of your role that are good, which is the paycheck, right? Think about things. What are ways that I can potentially make the situation a little bit better? Is there a conversation that I need to have with my manager? You know, is it just removing myself from certain projects and getting on other projects? So think about ways that you can improve it in the moment and then have, you know, the, the confidence and the excitement from the notion that this is not permanent, that you now have the ability to make a change. So start exploring, think about, you know, do the introspective work we've been talking about, what might make sense, what might make sense for you, and then start talking with people in relevant fields. If you're thinking about, you know, creative design, or you're thinking about, you know, content development, whatever it might be, start having conversations with people. It doesn't need to be this like, networking to get a job and can you help me and I want to apply for this role the best thing you can do is lead with curiosity and just talk to people and explore and see what resonates and what doesn't resonate and know that through doing that it's going to create a lot of clarity for you and then once you really find that thing 
you start making moves. So it doesn't need to be this expedited, super fast process. There are always ways to make your current situation better. I believe that wholeheartedly, but it's just, just about having that mindset and mentality. So I think it's kind of those two things coupled together. Mm-hmm. I never really thought about that. I, I always thought about, okay, well, what are the steps they can take to look for the next opportunity? But maybe, maybe it's right in front of them in the corporate company, the company that they're working for. Maybe they just need to speak up. Right. Yeah. And maybe oh, they yeah. can move around in, in, in other ways. I mean, I think a lot of us, we are scared to speak up. And I, I have a question about that a little bit later. But um, so I wanted to ask you on social media, you talk a lot about networking and how it's an important tool, tool for career success. I remember back in the day in high school, I wrote a whole book on networking for career success and I oh, still have it today. It's really cute. <laughs> but I think, I think networking, the word networking, people don't love that word. They're like, okay, well, you mean like building relationships. And I like that building new connections, building and managing connections or relationships. So what practices can we adopt to build more genuine connections or network more effectively. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think you're completely right. I think I don't even like to say networking because mm-hmm. of the connotation that people have with it and they see it in this kind of wrong frame of mind. And I think it's because of the notion that a lot of networking is it's it can be selfish. It's about an ask. Hey, can you help me get this job? Hey, can you do this for me? So we want to reframe it exactly as you were saying. It's not about, you know, do this for me. It's about, I want to get to know you and build a genuine relationship, right? Create that organic authenticity. That's what's going to really drive results for you. So first and foremost, it's what I was saying before, lead with curiosity, genuinely approach people who you respect, who you think what they've done and cultivated is really cool and that you genuinely want to learn about them. And you'll see that if you approach it from that curiosity perspective, hey, I think it's so incredible what you're building at your company, what you did on this project. You know, I would love to learn about what motivated you to do that, how you got to be where you are. Not only is that going to, you know, be well received because it's authentic, but you're also making it more about them. And a lot of the times networking isn't well received because you're making it too much about you. So you really want to lead into that person and you know compliment them show them that you've done your research show that you genuinely respect them and lead from that angle which will create and facilitate that wonderful relationship and in the end you're learning so much from it so if you go in with a clear intention with genuine curiosity it's going to totally revamp the nature of your networking meetings for the person you're speaking with and for you as well very well said. I mean, there's people in my day who've come up to me and said, oh yeah, I want this. And I'm just going to ask the person for it. I'm just going to be direct. I was like, no, you should probably build a relationship first because they probably have a lot of people sending them a line on LinkedIn because they want a job at X or they want, you know, it's like, oh, can I pick your brain for five minutes? It's like, okay, well, why? What research have you done on me? What excites you? What are you curious about? I mean, keep it short, of course, but don't just ask for something when you don't even know the person, right? There's an appropriate way of doing so. And actually, so you also talk about how to ask for a raise. So, so for those who are maybe happy in their career and they've put in the work, but they aren't earning the pay that they feel they deserve, what are some steps they can take to ask for a raise and feel confident in doing so? Yeah. So, and yeah, the confidence is often the hardest part, right? It's, you know, 
people can follow steps, but it's how do you get the confidence behind it? So, you know, first and foremost, when it comes to salary conversations, you do, you do want it to be rooted in research. So if you feel that you're not getting paid adequately, it is important to also, you know, look up the numbers. And there are a lot of tools to see, you know, based on the city that I'm in, the years of experience that I have, the industry that I'm in, am I really being compensated fairly? You know, am I well below market average? So you want to kind of have that tactical information. That's important. And then beyond that is really understanding, okay, based on where I'm kind of falling in the spectrum, how can I also demonstrate my value? So you want to think about, and this is where it's really important, like you don't want to just go to your manager and ask for a raise out of nowhere. You should always be throughout your career focusing on what do you do that's helpful? How do you deliver value? Like have a really easy way to access that, whether it's a notepad in your phone, like an accomplishment that you have, a project that you had so that you can easily refer to these accomplishments when you're having these conversations because you ultimately want to display to them, you know, I'm so passionate, like I'm so excited and passionate about this work that I'm doing. But beyond that, here's what I've done to really help you and drive your bottom line, right? Like in the end, a lot of companies, it's about driving revenue. So if you have tangible ways that you can show that you've driven revenue for them, that in itself is worth it, like an investment from them to really, you know, invest in you further. So it's doing the tangible research. It's really understanding what your value is and how you communicate your value and kind of coming up with that ask and, and writing it down. And then before you make the ask, it's confidence building techniques, right? So oftentimes our imposter comes out. I always say, treat your imposter as a separate person from you. How would you, if you were a lawyer, how would you kind of defend the argument that your imposter is making at you, that you're not worthy, you're not smart enough, everyone's going to find you out. What would you say to counter that, right? Put that in place. Um, you really like focusing on beliefs that you have about raises and money, right? So much of this is our money mindset. And it's selfish to ask for more. So you have to be aware of what are some of those beliefs that I have and how can I reframe them so I don't have this conversation doesn't need to feel so scary. So it's a lot of those types of like techniques and mindset work. And then honestly, the last thing is just is doing it. The truth is, it's not going to be easy the first time you do it, even the second time you do it. It's going to feel uncomfortable. But if you want to get better at this, and if you want to be able to grow in your career, you need to push past that discomfort do it, know that it's going to be scary. There's a possibility that they do say no, but at least you did it. And now you grew the tools to be able to do it in the future. And every single time you do it from there on out, it's going to be a little bit easier. So sometimes it's just like, you just got to do it. And there's no like quick pill or, or easy solution to it. That's great advice. I had a conversation with a friend yesterday who said he approached his superior a year prior to getting the raise. He said, hey, I really want to move from director to a VP. And they mm -hmm. said, okay. And he's like, well, so what are the VP's targets? What do I need to do to show you that I can be a VP? Yeah. And they're like, well, this and this and this. And he's like, okay, I'll take the next year and I'll do it. So then a year comes, a year goes by and he accomplished everything. And uh, a couple of weeks ago, he became that VP. That's so <laughs> sometimes it's not instant. It's, it's doing your research. Oh yeah. And, and I mean, but that's amazing what he's doing. And that's honestly the core problem of why so many people don't see career growth is because you have to be forward thinking. If you want to, first of all, you need to know where you want to go, right? That's probably, if you don't have an idea of where you want to be in a year or two years from now, that's the first thing that you want to address. And then when you have an idea of that, it's okay. How am I going to facilitate that? Right. If I want to move into this position, 
I need to know the goals and the steps that I need to achieve and accomplish in order to do that. So approach your manager and say, hey, this is what I want to do. What do I need in order to make that happen? But what so many people do is they don't say anything all year. You know, raise season comes around, they sit down, they expect that the race is just going to be there just because, because they've been there for a year and then it doesn't happen. And the truth is, Unless you have the most incredible company, the most incredible manager in the world, nobody is going to advocate for you. You have to advocate for yourself. So if you want something, you got to make that clear and then put in the work to make it happen. And I think if people just like did a little bit more of that, they would find themselves in drastically different places and in different situations, you know, in their professional lives. Yeah, well said, well said. I, I, when he shared the story, I was like, wow, that was a very confident move. You know, and I could see, I could see, you know, his boss really appreciating that, but put back at first, but also appreciating it. So, yeah. Yeah. So, So moving the conversation over a bit today in our growing gig economy, we have the tools to create side income for ourselves more than ever. You said that you were working full time while you were starting your coaching business. So for those looking to develop a business on the side without quitting their jobs, can you share a couple of tips to help them get started without burning out? Yeah, absolutely. So I think like, first and foremost, I th- it, it depends on what if you know what your side hustle is, right? So obviously, that's the first thing you want to tackle. And I would say that if you have no idea what that would be, what I was talking about before with like the five pronged approach, your areas of engagement, your areas of disengagement, that still relates to side hustle as well. Like you can figure out from that, what could potentially be a fit for me and then start building that out. So it's it's really figuring that out first and foremost. And then once you have the idea It's like, this is where boundaries comes in and prioritization, right? So more of the tactical approach, really understanding, you know, how much time do you have in a week and how can you allocate those hours effectively? So I'm a really big believer believer every single Sunday without fail, I outline what my whole week is going to look like Monday through Friday. And so in the very beginning, when I was sort of balancing these two things, I was proactively scheduling time. Okay, for an hour this day, I'm going to work on this for the side hustle. And on this day, I think I'm going to have two hours. So when you have a lot of priorities and a lot of things going on, you need to kind of be able to zoom out and see full picture and to a degree, be a little bit more organized with what your schedule looks like. So really understanding, you know, where can I fit in these pockets? Also being really, you know, really specific about what is most important. So when we first start a side hustle, we feel like there's a million things that we want to focus on, right? And that's where it can get really overwhelming. But you want to ask yourself, you know, for every quarter, like, what is the number one goal that I want to accomplish with my side hustle this quarter? And then once you establish that goal, work backwards. Okay, so if that's my goal, what are the few things that I need to do this quarter in order to make that goal happen? So rather than trying to do 20 things at once, which is what's going to lead to burnout, and frankly, nothing's going to get done well, focus on one or maybe even two specific goals per quarter and then work backwards on what you need to do and then start scheduling that in on a weekly basis, on a daily basis, how you can ultimately work on that. And also I would just say, you know, this it's about having patience with yourself. It's not easy. Like I didn't just start my business and then, you know, had a side hustle for two months and then I jumped into full time. It takes time and everybody's schedules are, are different. If it's, if you're doing the full-time side hustle for longer before you go full-time in your business, that's perfectly fine. It's about, you know, the, the quote, progress, not perfection, just making specific moves, specific progress every single week, that, and that consistency, that's, what's going to ultimately drive you forward as opposed to, you know, kind of just like trying to do too much at once. That business is never going to go anywhere because you're ultimately going to burn out. Mm -hmm. So I'd say it's a lot of that. 
Mm-hmm. I love your energy and motivation. <laughs> just have to add that. It's so awesome. And, and I should add that you are a mom as well. So you're able to balance everything. It's amazing. I, it's, it's a struggle for sure. And it's, and that's where I say it's not easy. And I, and I know like for me, that was a big struggle in the beginning, figuring out how to balance everything. And I had to ask for help and I had to take things off my plate, which wasn't an easy thing to do, but you got to prioritize and focus on the goals and, and those specific goals and, and let that drive you ultimately. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, Lauren and I, we, we, we both have full-time jobs and we have been running this podcast for over three years now. And it's a passion of ours. And we had other projects on the side as well, but we both realized that we needed to get rid of them because we weren't as passionate about them and we didn't have the time to focus on it. And we wanted to give this a hundred percent, right? So you have to make those decisions as well. And we do say, you know, make time for some trial and error because maybe the thing that you work on first may not be the thing that you should be focusing on, right? But once you find it, start making the time. You said that you 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 basically plan your week on every every like maybe Sunday, right? Yeah. So I do the same thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a great piece of advice. Like uh, I use a bullet journal, so I just I'm such a nerd that way, and I fill out everything that I'm doing that week, and, and including time to just disconnect. And our our last episode was all about uh, mental fitness and the importance of that. Yeah, that's that's something that you definitely need to prioritize. But yeah, I scheduled. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so important, just as much as physical exercise. But I'd love for you to share a short story or testimonial from someone you previously coached and how your teachings help them simplify and achieve their goals. That's a great question. So I would say, you know, a client that I was just working with, and I'll kind of talk about like what my process is around that, but a client that I was just working with was navigating a really big pivot, wanted to move from where they currently were, but felt like very overwhelmed by, you know, where they ultimately wanted to go and felt like they always would say, I'm such a generalist. How do I kind of take all this experience I have from a multitude of different places and kind of niche down and focus on something. So I think that's a really big part of it. A lot of us do have a lot of different skills and part of like simplifying is really focusing on what are the skills that are most important to me and what are the skills that are going to help me most in this next move, right? Like understanding, like, what is my brand? What do I want to be known for? And just focusing on those things. Don't try to do everything. Don't try to be the person who, you know, I can be a project manager and I can be an operations manager and I can do, you know, community engagement and all these different things. That's overwhelming and it's not a simplistic approach. So it's really understanding and building out like, what is my brand? What are the three things that I want to be known for? Keep it super, super simple and then build yourself around that. And that's where you're ultimately like pitching and selling to others. So I think for one of my clients in particular, being able to do that and really pull out from like his hat of tricks, all these different things, what specifically he wanted to focus on by doing that and getting really laser focused, he was able to land this job and has absolutely thrived and is doing wonderfully. So I think it's, it's really like getting to the core of your brand. And then when it comes to goal setting in in general, it really is about like, what I always say is you need to have a destination on the map, right? So what I need to do in my career, in my life is plug in that destination, create the vision of where I want to be, whether it's in six months from now, a year from now, have that set. And then ultimately like reverse engineer, if that's where I am right now, if that's where I want to be, this is where I am right now. What do I need to do to close that gap? Mm -hmm. So that's like my process. And then focusing on just one step at a time, you know, I like to use numbers a lot. So 
if I'm assuming that my vision is a 10 out of 10, that's like my 10 out of 10 where I want to be, how would I rate that area of my life right now? Is my career a six? Okay, my career is a six. So then all I'm going to focus on right now is what does a seven look like? How do I jump from a six in my career to a seven? What would a seven look like? What are the action steps to get there? And just focusing on that. What often happens is people are at a six and they try to immediately jump to a 10 and everything falls apart. So that's like a really big part of the process and what I do with my clients, simplifying it to make it easier and make it more tangible and effective to hit those goals. I like that it starts with what is my why in a sense, like what is, what motivates me? It gets me excited every day because it's, it's, it's those things that will help you, I I guess, bring success to your career. So for me, I've learned over the years that I love helping and empowering others. Similar to you, like I love reminding others of their strengths and helping inspire them to find a career that they're passionate about. Naturally, like as a hobby, that's just what I've done. And I know that my why is that I love connecting people. So, mm-hmm. so, so on that, I, I wanted to ask you um, in a few words, what would you say to, you know, a group of ambitious millennials or generation Z out there who are seeking a change or looking to reach the next level in their career? Is there maybe a line of wisdom or motivation that you should, or, or maybe a powerful question that they should ask themselves every day? That's a great question. So I, what immediately came to mind when you said that is something that I think helped me a lot. And that's the notion of always adopting a growth mindset, always knowing that what you're given and what you have is not fixed, right? If you're in a place where you're unhappy right now and you feel stuck and, but you're like, I'm ambitious. I know I'm meant for more. Know that there's always an ability to grow and to change. And I think the reason that so often people get stuck is because they think the cards that I've been dealt are the cards that I've been dealt and there's nothing I can do to change that. So it's that first just reminder that, hey, it's not fixed. You're able to grow. You're able to acquire new skills. You're able to transform yourself in certain ways to step into a new version of yourself. So remembering that, that you're always able to change and that you're always able to grow, I think kind of creates a level of motivation to really go after what it is that you want and know that Frankly, anything is possible. As you know, as simplistic or corny as it sounds, I really, truly do believe that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Sometimes when one door closes, you know, you have another path, right? Right, yeah. somewhere else. Oh, yeah. and it was oh. meant to be. Yeah. Sometimes, like in the moment, you're like, "Oh gosh, I didn't get it." Well, maybe you didn't get it for a reason because there's something better coming. Oh, That's what God. I always remind myself or someone else. I'm like, "Don't worry, don't worry. There's probably something better in the cards for you later on." 100%. I believe that wholeheartedly. Anytime and I've been laid off from jobs before, like I have had I've experienced so many things. Every I have never looked back on any of those things and said that I'm still pissed that that happened, right? It's right. always something better. And I think in what you're saying, having that mentality is going to allow you to be able to kind of more easily go through failure and not let it define you, but let it really improve, improve you and allow you to kind of keep motivating yourself to move forward. It was a blessing in disguise. So exactly. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for today. I, I, you are so wonderful. Your energy is just so incredible. Thank you. (laughs) Wow. It's so great talking to you. So where can our audience connect with you and learn more about the coaching courses you offer? Yeah, absolutely. So Instagram is probably your best bet. And it's just my name, Eliana underscore Goldstein. I'm like pretty quick with DMs there. I am now, you know, joining Gen Z and I'm getting, you know, pretty big on TikTok. So you can find me there as well. Still can't believe that that's happening. Um, But I would say Instagram is probably the best bet. Shoot me a DM. We can then connect over email and just talk about, you know, where you're at and what you need and, and what might be able to help you. 
Okay, fantastic. And I will include all of these links in the show notes to give an easy access for everybody, which is great. So, well, thank you again. And I know you come to Toronto ever so often. So definitely send me a line when you do. I will. Absolutely. Thank you so much. This was so much fun. Thank you so much, Eliana. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening. That was my conversation with millennial success coach, Eliana Goldstein. And you can learn more about Eliana and her coaching services on her website at elianagoldsteincoaching.com. And you can easily find this link in the show notes. And as always, you can learn more about me and my co-host Lauren on our website at mastersimplicity.com, where you can also find our latest product called the Closet Kit, which we designed to help you declutter your clothes and build and maintain a beautiful and simple wardrobe for a lifetime. So thank you so much again for listening and a big thanks to all of you who have given us a five-star rating review on iTunes. We love reading your words and your reviews help us continue to grow and bring on more exciting guests. Be well and I will talk to you soon. Bye-bye.